This is the Utah High School Hoops Podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Meek. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, I am on the road again. I'm here in Chicago for a work thing. Um, not related to basketball, but I put up a post on Twitter about that. I don't know. It did well for my Twitter. I don't know how it does for years, but put up a post about how Division One basketball is being just absolutely is loaded with transfers from JUCO, from Division Two, NAIA, Division Three schools. I didn't even mention the international kids who are coming into to Division One basketball, and all of this is is pretty well documented i'm going to try to pull up a few uh sources and cite some the ncaa and some other things um but before i get into kind of the statistics on this i just want if you're a player or if you're the parent of a player and you're watching or listening to this podcast i want for you to put yourself into the shoes of a college coach today all right so i had uh Casey Stanley on, who used to be a, an assistant, Division One assistant, he talked about how the job is just a grind now. Year, year round, it's a grind. So when you look at some of these numbers and it's like, you know, 30 to, by the way, I'm staying in downtown Chicago. If you hear sirens and cars honking all the time, I don't know if you can pick up on that or not. But so if you look into the data and you see that somewhere around 30 to 40% of a roster is going to turn over every single year, a division one roster. So the first job of a coach is to recruit their own players, right? You got to try to keep the players or not keep them depending on how well the year went, but that's their first job is to try to keep the talent, keep the players that they have. And so what that also means then, if there is all this turnover, that they're also recruiting other Division I schools, essentially. Now, there's anti-tampering rules and all that kind of stuff. I'll get into all of that. But it does mean that they're on the lookout for players and for, for talent from other areas. So that's number two, right? They're looking for Division I transfers. But you know who else is going to the Division I programs and looking for players? Are the Division II, NAIA, JUCO, and D3 schools. Why? Well, because of all the roster turnover, because of the transfer portal, because they can do it. So they can leave. And so you have every single division is trying to recruit players from every single division. And if you're the coaches, this is hard, right? This is harder than ever. You add in to the fact that basketball has become a widely international sport since you know the the 90s really i would argue that the 92 dream team was what really expanded basketball globally obviously it existed globally before that right but i'm saying that the jordan led 92 dream team was what really put basketball out there in terms of an international sport to be reckoned with so now you have colleges trying to recruit international kids they're trying to recruit high school kids. They're trying to recruit their own kids. And they're looking into you know recruiting JUCOs, recruiting D2, recruiting an AI. 
that's a lot of players that they have to go and look at. And so who's probably going to be towards the bottom of that? It's probably the 17, 18, 19-year-old kid who's been playing AAU and high school ball. Right, wrong, or indifferent, but that might be the last priority for a college coach. Obviously not all of them, right? Plenty of kids go from from high school. I think I counted the 2024 class in Utah alone has nine or 10 kids, I want to say, that they've signed, that have committed to go um, Division One. I'd have to look at what that number is. And then, you know, more beyond that, so maybe 14, 15 kids from Utah. Right, a pretty good number. But it's just hard, right? It's just hard. And so, you know, what what do you do with this? This is my this is my opinion. And, you know, just kind of, t- oh, you know, actually, before we get to the what should you do with this, let me see if I can pull up. Uh, give me one second here. If you're watching this, I'm trying to, um, or I guess, sorry, if you're listening to this, <laughs> then you'd have no idea what I'm doing right now. Okay. Let me pull up this page. This is from the NCAA. Once again, if you are, uh, if you're listening to this, you can't see this data, I'll try to explain it the best I can. So this is the transfer portal data, division one athletes, and I just have it on men's basketball. So this is readily available for anybody to look at. So in 2022, so well, 2021, there were 815 undergraduate transfers. This, these are just transfers and 383 graduate transfers. 2022, those numbers came down a little bit, 786 to 337. What I thought was interesting though is this, and I'm gonna look at the division two one here in a second. So in, of the transfer destination, let me actually change this to, okay, this is just, uh, let me just do 2022, see what happens here. So the destination of transfer basketball. This is again, this is just for basketball. So 76% of the transfers stayed in division one. So remember of these 700, no more than that, this is just 2022. So 1100 transfers, 76% of them or no transfer portal entrance. Sorry. These are just entrance. So 1176 of them, um, stayed in division one, but 22% went down to division Two, 22%. So remember, these are players who were on division one teams who transferred into division two. I'm going to show you some of the division two uh, numbers here in a second. Um, 68% of students who enter the transfer portal actually transferred, which means, again, these are division one players. 32% of basketball players. 32% who went into the transfer portal in the year 2022 who were on division one rosters went into the transfer portal and are not playing basketball. 30, that's a big number now, or they could, they could be playing basketball. It says at a a non NCAA school. Okay. Um, and then if you keep going down this, this is this gets down to you know financial aid and things like that. And I'll get I'll get through kind of what what I think here uh, this means in a second. So let me stop sharing this one, and I want to go and show you the division two. 
uh, let's see, share screen. Sorry, I don't have like a producer or anything like that. Okay, so this is again from the NCAA. This is division two. Let me uh, change this here to just 2022 numbers. Okay, so in division two, roughly 290 players transferred. 28% of division two transfers went up to play in division one. 64% stayed in D2 and 8% went down to division three. And I couldn't find the numbers for division three, right? So I'm sure that there's a sliding scale here. Okay, so sorry to kind of go through some tableau tables, but here's, here's what I think it all means. And, I, and you should have already picked up on this. If you are in high school today, and this was the gist of my uh, my post on Twitter or X. I'm just going to stick with Twitter. If you're in high school today, you need to cast a very wide net as early as you possibly can. Meaning, you should be open if if you're a if you're a sophomore, if you're a freshman in high school, unless you are a you know. Tyron Stokes level player, right? Which let's be, I don't know if I'm pretty sure Tyron Stokes is not listening to my podcast. Um, but unless, you know, unless you're like the, the best of the best kind of player. And, and if you are, then you know who you are because you're getting recruited by, you know, the, the blue bloods and the, and the big, okay. Ooh. Set aside those players here for a second. If you are 99% or 99 point something, 99.8% of players, 99.9% .9 of players, then you need to be, casting a wide net, meaning you need to start early going to uh, camps. You need to start early learning how to communicate with coaches. I think another thing that there's, there's a bit of a lagging impact on when it comes to high school players is that there are, there are still clubs who will say, you know, if, if you play with us, then what we'll do is we will get you in touch with all these coaches. Could be true, right? But you want to you want to find out how many you know D two NAIA Division three, how many of their players have gone to those places because they may have done a really good job at getting D one kids. And if you're not a D one talent, or even if you are a D one talent, you have to ask the question now: Is that where you want to go? because of all the stuff that's happening. You know, you look at a kid, like one of my favorite stories, is this kid Dalton Necht, um, who, and I don't have all of his stuff up in front of me, but he went to uh, high school in Colorado and you know was apparently very lightly or not recruited out of high school, went to a JUCO in Colorado, which is not exactly a hotbed for basketball, right? Um, sorry. Colorado high school, but I'm, I'm one of you, right? That's where I grew up. That's where I played high school basketball. It's not exactly known as a hotbed. We've got Reggie Jackson, Pat Garrity, Chauncey Billups, and I'm sure uh, some other players, but it's, you know, I think Tom Chambers, that's a, that's a deep cut. Anyway, so Dalton goes to a JUCO, goes to University of Northern Colorado, Bears, and uh, plays there for one year, averages eight points, plays another year, averages 20 points, and now is at Tennessee, 
and I think he's averaging like 23, 24 points a game in the, at the start of the season, right? He's just killing starting at Tennessee now. Crazy journey, okay? I think we're going to see more of these, the Derek White, Dalton Necht kind of stories emerge because it's just so hard. Coaching staffs are spread so thin at the college level. And I think that we still have clubs that are focused on getting kids into the division one level straight from high school, maybe not focused, but that's really the kind of talent they want to bring in, which is great. But for a lot of kids and a lot of you who might be listening, that's probably not who you are. And you have to be right now. I'm saying right now, that might not be who you are. It's not because your talent isn't any good. It's because it's so hard to get there straight from high school. It's so hard to get there straight from high school. And you have to keep looking at this thing as a marathon. And so casting that wide net is important and finding coaches who will develop and invest in your personal development and make the phone calls on your behalf, send film to coaches on your behalf. I think I've said this before on a podcast episode here. But you want to be on the club level for sure. You want to be around coaches and programs who are fully invested in you as a player. Not you're lucky enough to be with us. They are invested in you as a player. Not because it makes you feel good, but because it's necessary now. It's just necessary to be developing. You have to have a focus on development because you may end up going from high school to NAI or high school to D2 or high school to JUCO or high school to, uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, the NCCAA Division One, National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association, Division One and Division Two, USCAA. Um, there's any number of places that you can go. But if you're not focused on development, if you're focused on the wrong things, then you may end up like, what was that number? 39% of the division one kids. What was it? 32%. Of players who were in your position in high school, maybe even in a better position than you, got recruited or went and played division one basketball. And now they're done. They're not playing basketball anymore because if you don't feel, if you don't fall in love with the process, if you're only in love with the outcomes, then you're going to miss not only, not only the outcome, but you're going to miss the beauty of the game because the beauty of the game of basketball, in my opinion, is not the stuff you get like the, the awards and the accolades. It's the people you meet. It's the, it's the, the character that you develop. It's hard work. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's all that stuff. And when you invest in that process and you have people around you who are investing into you, into a process to develop you and make you better, I think that you're going to be in it for the long run. Okay. I felt like I rambled a little bit there, Um, but I'm going to have some, let's see, what do I got? I've got a 4A and a 6A preview coming up. We've got an episode that I recorded with uh, Coach Sanyan Kolovrat from Judge. It's going to be coming out here pretty soon. 
um, trying to get a 1A, 2A, 3A preview done. Uh, the uh, Hoop Fest, where we've got Sunrise Christian and Montverde coming into town here at the end of November. So I'm trying to get some people on to talk about that. Uh, keep just trying to bring you content in a little bit of a different way here in a podcast format. Also, it was it was great having Etai Lusgarden on. Um, any other players who want to come on and be interviewed, you know, I think it's a really valuable skill to have. To, to be able to talk to adults is, is really critical. Per what I was talking about being recruited, you got to know how to communicate to the adults because it's the adults who make the decisions. Instagram does not give you a scholarship. Your friends don't give you scholarships. It is adults who give you scholarships. So you got to learn how to communicate to adults and with adults. It's going to be really critical. All right. Uh, so that's what I got kind of coming up. Um, still trying to figure out this this uh, podcast format but i'm having fun so far and i hope you are as well please uh consider giving this a five-star review uh, even drop in a review or comments in the in the review on apple or spotify or wherever it is you listen to it really helps me out and that's all for today thanks everyone